to another episode of Stripped by Sia. Um, we're doing another bonus episode today. So I, I don't think I want to call these bonus episodes anymore. It is going to be another mini series. So I am going to be closing out the COVID mini series that ended last week with Maddie Moore. And now we're going to be pivoting the conversation over to address the whole Black Lives Matter movement of what's going on in our communities. And of course, I wanted to feature a black dancer, a black sex worker in our own community of Vancouver, British Columbia. So today I am going to be interviewing Kashai Gray. So hello, hello. Say hello to our audience. Hey. Hey. <laughs> it's so lovely to meet you. I'm so, I'm so glad you reached out at such a perfect time um, as well. So uh, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. <laughs> so this is also my first time meeting you. I literally have just been speaking to you for the past couple of minutes off the air, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a pleasure. Um, please, please, please tell the audience who you are, what you do on your own terms, in your own definition, however you want to spin it. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a stripper in British Columbia. I work the BC circuit. And then in my spare time, I do a little bit of OnlyFans and yes. online content creating. But for the most part, stripping has taken up my life and pole dancing is like my my energy. I need yes. it. <laughs> Girl, I hear you too. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, it's probably like saved my life for sure. Okay, so like, how did you get into pole dancing? How did you get into stripping? What was your intro, like your introduction to um, that? I I honestly never saw this path for myself. Like oh. three years ago, I was just doing regular retail jobs, and some things happened there, and you know, people weren't being treated fairly, and mm. it led to a very big dip in my mental health that required me to take some time off. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a very big time in my life. And, uh, it was one of those moments where you're like, where is the light in this tunnel? You know, what am I going to do? And I never thought that dancing would have been my way out. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. When I was ready to go back to work, it turned out that that wasn't an option, so I was scrambling for work for a little bit, and I thought to myself, maybe I'll just go be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I completely had no, I had no background in dancing. I didn't know, I could barely walk in heels, like just regular heels, let alone pleasers. <laughs> so like I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I did a bazillion amateur nights before I did my first booking in Williams Lake, but oh, the girl, amateur same. contest, yeah, Were you <laughs> the pals? amateur contest is something good. Like, yeah, it's good. We need it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Which amateur night did you do? Did you do the one at Penthouse or? Oh, I did both of them. I did the oh. older. I did the Penthouse. Okay. Um, yeah, I did the older. I missed the older. I know. R.I.P. Rest in peace. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did them both uh, a bunch of times before I got my first booking. My first booking was Williams Lake, and I went out there my for, by myself okay. for two weeks, and it was it was an, it was a learning experience. <laughs> oh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> learning about myself, I learned that I 
cannot be alone for two weeks. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's some time. I'm going to crazy. Um, it was my first time being alone, like, without my parents, without anybody with me. I also started dancing when I was 19, so. Oh, wow, okay. I was doing this all at 19, and, you know, it's a little bit scary being yeah. so far away from home, of course. And you're so young, but, too. You're a baby yeah. still. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? I'm like having panic attacks, like walking around Williams Lake, just, you know, getting lost and all that. Like it was, it was a lot. <laughs> and what, what's even in Williams Lake too? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it turned out to be one of my favorite places to go. And I was uh, there when the fire happened. So right. it holds a special place in my heart now for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, you'll remember your first time, right? So Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so was there some hesitancy in terms of, like you, you mentioned you did like amateur night a whole bunch of times, both at the Elder and also at the penthouse. But was there some hesitation there in terms of like, I'm not sure if I want to get into stripping, I'm not sure what this is about, or is it just like the, the shame and the stigma that, that typically comes with stripping as an occupation or... What about that? Honestly, I have always been the, like, you know, the I don't care what people say, like, they're going to talk anyways. You know, that, like, that uh, mantra yeah. that everybody's preaching these days. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but it's it's so true, and you really have to have that thick skin in our industry. Of course, I was a little bit scared at first. I I've never put myself out there like this, and, like, my friends who know me personally, who know that I do this now, are like, really? <laughs> You're doing this? Like, I've always been comfortable with my body, with my sexuality and everything like that. Like, it, during school days, I would be the one in PE class that would just, like, drop my drawers in front of everybody and, you know, like, change. Like, everybody would be running to a stall and I would just change and I'd be, like, out, ready to go. So that abstract wasn't the problem it was definitely like opening myself up and letting my creativity show for sure okay because that's when people can judge you you know when you're doing something that they might not do right 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 <laughs> or like, that, like that's kind of different like I why is she doing that yeah totally I hear, I hear you in that and and you came from a background of no background in dance or anything like that right yeah, I mean, I took, like, ballet for a week when I was a little girl, if you want to be technical about it, but <laughs> I begged my mom to take me out, and I was like, this is, why am I in this? I was, I was a tomboy when I was a girl, so ah. that's, that's, like, another reason why people are like, what? Now you're in, like, glitter and sparkles, and you like this? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with glitter and sparkles. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> So that's awesome. So you obviously, you've come a long way. You've definitely progressed. Like, what, when do you think was the pivotal moment for you in terms of your stripping career that you were like, okay, I'm, I'm finally okay with this. This is part of my identity. Do you remember if there was a time like that for you? Oh, that was definitely around like mid last year, I think, when I really started to get into it. And wow. um, I started like, getting into wearing costumes and all that and like really putting more effort into my shows mm -hmm. and getting into my pole training and all the fun stuff that comes with 
our job, you know. Like, I like to tell people that we are a little bit different from, um, you know, the dancers down south, like our, right. our sisters down south, whereas we put, like, we'll put on a whole production, you know. Like, some girls will come out with their big props and, like, their effects and have their, like, a special light show put on, and they'll put time and effort into their songs and like their choreography and yes I'm not like that crazy with it <laughs> but I, I aspire to get to that one day and it's just it's a lot of training and it's it's pretty adm- admirable totally it's, it's a lot of training it's a lot of commitment it's, it's a lot of investment as well too mm-hmm. which we've mentioned on the podcast um where, where do you think you're at right now in your stripping career can you've been doing this for how long now did you mention three years was it um, it's only been two years for me. I got on the circuit in about March. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you're, you're not, um, I guess we said it's off the air, but you're not quite back to work yet because we are still recording in the time of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. how, how has the time off been like for you? It's had its ups and its downs. There was times where I was like, this is great. Like, <laughs> I've been training, I have a pole at home, so I'll, like, get on my pole, and then there was, like, weeks where, like, like I said before, like, I didn't get out of bed until 8 (laughs) p.m. That'll be days. I was like, I can't do this anymore, like, it's one thing to, like, have some time off and, you know, get home, and it's cool, but it's different when you can't see your friends, or you can't Mm -hmm. just, like, go out and get a drink or, like, walk around the mall, you know, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, it's definitely... It can be very, very challenging, as you said. And the type of personal personality that you have, you said you don't really like to, you know, be cooped up and be alone. So you must be kind of, like, going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, I have my ups and my downs. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm a homebody. Like, I love my house. I mean, we pay so much to live in Vancouver. Like, yes. you have to love your house. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so, but, like... Just not, it's like not having the option, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, luckily things have opened up a lot in Vancouver. We've been doing a really good job in terms of like flattening the curve here. So at least we have the option yeah. of going out to bars now and going out to restaurants and like that whole aspect of socializing has returned a little bit. So, but mm-hmm. of, of course, like we can't forget that <laughs> we are still in the pandemic. So, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> we're not quite back to normal yet. But, um, <laughs> that's really great. Thanks for sharing kind of the backstory and just like letting our listeners know and get to know you as a person and also as a dancer. Um, I want to shift the conversation here towards race and race is something I've definitely brought up a number of times on the podcast as I am a person of color I'm Filipino Chinese we've talked about being a minority in the city well I guess I don't know about minority I might be actually part of the majority (laughs) we're getting there we are we are but all obviously like the treatment is different. I, I did mm-hmm. want to shift the conversation over to race just because it's such a huge topic and like the obviously the focal point of the episode this week. So like in terms of your race, like what does identity look like to you? I just, you know, like being a black woman, there's that stereotypical like you have to talk a certain way, you have to act a certain way. Mm. And if you don't, then you're called whitewashed or you're you're told you're pretending like you know right you hear it all yeah 
and especially being like black in Canada, it, it's so different than being like black in America or mm-hmm. black other places of the world. Yeah. Like even black in like the United Kingdom, like black in other places. Like we're, we're a very vast network of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have many different flavors. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate I, on the, on those differences? I just, I feel like people are so, we're all so interesting. Like it's hard to put us in a box and mm-hmm. especially with, I don't know, social media opening up our windows to different people. Like you see new things every day and you see cultures being shared and expressed amongst different people, you know? Totally. And that's amazing. I think that's awesome. Yeah. We're- we didn't have that a couple years ago or people were, people were so like close knit with their things. I mean, what, what you should be like culture is so important and mm-hmm. so sacred to some people but we're all sharing the planet at the end of the day, you know, we, we have to get along. Oh, yeah, totally, of course. And, like, we, we're right. pretty lucky, you know, like, being here in Vancouver, it's such, there's so much diversity mm-hmm. in terms of culture and stuff. So, sorry, did you have something you want to say there? I felt like I cut you off. <laughs> I, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, when I see people, like, arguing and, and bickering, I often, like, you know, you look amongst at the animal kingdom and you're like when you see like a pack of wolves walking along they protect each other you know yeah there's like that whole like hierarchy they understand that and I just wish that humans could adopt that same thing like at the end of the day the only thing that separates us is the color of our skin like nothing else yeah yeah definitely I hear you on that one it's so hard to see especially things in terms of race and especially being black that has been amplified obviously in recent weeks mm-hmm. over the last month and we'll definitely really get into that conversation later but like it's a conversation that I feel like you know we shouldn't be having this conversation in 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> it just continues to keep happening and makes me really angry but um yeah, yeah, we have it every couple of years. <laughs> yeah, you notice that it like goes in waves, and it's just yeah. really infuriating. But I wonder, like for me, if any change is actually going to come out of it. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like there's been little changes here and there. You know, like even in wake of the recent activities that have happened, there's been new laws that have passed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's been new laws that have passed, like, good and bad laws, you know. It's, yeah, definitely. It's actually interesting how that's, like, bad has come from it in a way, too. Like, what's going on in Alberta with the recent law that they've passed. Which law did they pass in Alberta? I don't want to misquote it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I believe it was um, a bill that locks people up for protesting. What? Like, for really? even, like, talking about it. It's, um... Yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh, shit, I didn't even hear about that. That's awful. And, yeah, it's interesting, like, with everything happening, there's so many other things that's happening in the world, too, that we don't get to hear about. Because, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day, and there's only so much we can consume. Yeah. We've already consumed so much, but there's so many things that they can also just push under the rug and, like, that we don't get to give attention to. Totally. So it's like, like you're getting whiplash, like, we're just turning our heads in so many different directions. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's certainly really exhausting, but also 
so key and also so important to have these conversations. But again, it, it is mentally exhausting. I, I wanted to talk to you in terms of being Black in Vancouver. What, what is that like for you? Because you mentioned there's some comparisons to like how we're different up here. Did you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I I have found that being black in Vancouver, um, our community uh, hasn't like isn't as unified as Toronto, for example. Yes, yes, huge difference there. Yeah, but in wake of everything that's happened, you know, that's given us a reason to come together and get to know each other and you know stand stand side by side, which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a difference between people here in Toronto, like just a cultural difference. Like, um, I don't know if you know of the Caravana Festival in Toronto that happens every summer. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like a a beautiful, huge festival, feathers and colors and music and all that stuff. Oh, fun. We have something like that here that takes place in North Van, and it's, it's like the same idea, but it's a little bit smaller, but it's also because we have a smaller... Community. Yeah, is that like similar to the Caribbean festival? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so much fun. So yeah. much good music. It's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad that it's not happening this year. I'm like, oh my gosh, like nothing's happening. I know. 2020 is kind yeah. of canceled. <laughs> but yeah, no, you mentioned that just the stark differences between like the west coast and the east coast are you're from mm-hmm. are, are you from vancouver originally yeah yeah okay yeah so like there's not a huge black community here yeah and i i have siblings that live in ontario too so oh okay i know the contrast i've been to ontario um my background is jamaican so okay. even the cultural differences in jamaica like just when you like touch down in the airport in Jamaica, you're greeted with like warmth and energy and it's a very different vibe here. Yeah. How would you like describe the vibe here then in Vancouver or in Canada for that matter? I honestly find every different, every, sorry, every province different in Canada. Like really? even Alberta has a little bit of a different vibe. I mean, I don't know much about Alberta. I've only been to like, Grand Prairie. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and not for dancing either, just for a totally separate occasion. But oh, what? Okay. <laughs> what are you doing over there? But just, just what I've seen um, from their agency and the girls there, it's even from our agency, it's a totally different vibe. And I'm not even sure if Toronto has an agency, but even their dancers have a totally different vibe. And Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's the same in the States. But I mean, when you think of America, you do have like a kind of like a concrete like outline of what you're thinking of whereas with Canada that it can be really anything totally yeah absolutely and in terms of like your identity and identifying as a black woman have you ever had like a feeling in terms of like wanting to mute your blackness you you kind of mentioned that in the beginning of this episode too like in order to like whitewash yourself to blend in yeah, that was actually a a big part of my identity when I was younger, when I was growing up. Oh, okay. Um, growing up, obviously, around a high density of, you know, white children, there was maybe, like, 
four or three black kids at one middle school that I went to for most of my life. I moved around to a lot of schools too. So um, I saw a lot of different children. Um, Not a lot of black kids, of course. Yeah. But it sucks to say, but, you know, I wished that I wasn't black. Right. Just to like, just to take the attention off myself. Like my mom did my hair different way. Like with like colorful like bubbles and like clips and everything. They would like make sounds when I walked down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> you can see me from down the hall. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, can you just straighten my hair, please, mom? So she's like, wow. no, it's bad for your hair and it won't last anyway. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it's it'll be worth it. And then I remember for like crazy hair day, I would literally just go with my hair in an afro. And that was like the one day where like, it was easy to do my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but so I didn't like it because I was walking around like a giant puffball and like kids would still, you know, like some kids are poking fun and like some aren't, but like just yeah. every comment is like, you know, no one's talking about your hair like that. Like, can we just not talk about my hair? Yeah. Or like people try to touch your fro, which I think is super disrespectful. Like, yeah, it's just like, totally. you know, that whole like exotic and I say that in quotations, I'm doing out air quotes right now. That whole <laughs> it is. It's the whole like the, the gaze of the other, like, wow, this this is different, you know? And Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a nice feeling. And you know, even growing up in a pretty diverse neighborhood of South Burnaby, like <laughs> the hood mm-hmm. back in the day. <laughs> like, even though like my school is like pretty diverse culturally and being Asian. It wasn't mm-hmm. cool to be Asian. Like, it wasn't cool to eat rice for, for lunch and, like, having all these weird-smelling, like, fish mm-hmm. crackers for, like, lunch and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just different. And, like, what was socially acceptable was, you know, being, like, westernized. So, like, the whole... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole whiteness thing to me, like, I struggled with that as well, where I, like, didn't want to be Filipino... I didn't want to be Asian. It wasn't cool to be Asian. So I, mm-hmm. I feel in, in a way that I can kind of empathize with your story too. So it, it's just weird. Like <laughs> those weird microaggressions <laughs> that happen to you as a child, it kind of normalizes like what you can tolerate later in life and stuff, even though it shouldn't be tolerated. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I'm like, wow, if I was a kid in today's world, I would be so cool. <laughs> right i would probably be like you know tiktok influencer the whole <laughs> nine yards all the you know everything mansion probably in california like i'd be like wow <laughs> but god goodness you know i guess this is my life <laughs> gotta work for it yeah i gotta work for it especially vancouver why <laughs> <laughs> not right <laughs> could have at least been born in cali or maybe toronto if it was toronto i would have had it for sure it would have been a different life. It would have been totally yeah. a different life. It's, and that's so weird to be saying that. Uh, in terms of, like, work, <laughs> have you ever experienced or encountered racism at work or just even in public being black? Yes and yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Okay, let's, yeah. let's dive into this. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there's been times where I... I've been called, you know, the N-word with the hard R when I'm at work, like, in my stripper garb, all that, and 
I'm that black girl that'll turn around and be like, what did you say? Say it again. I yeah. didn't hear you. <laughs> say it to my face. Well, we got to say it again. Um, and it's, you know, now, I mean, like, it's still, it still hurts, but I've gotten to the point where it's like, is that the worst you can call me? Like, mm. like everybody knows that word now. Learn right. a new word. You got to come with something new, but. Be original. I, yeah. <laughs> but I still won't like tolerate the disrespect on my name or you know on my people like it's still not okay of course and it, it, should, it should never never be okay and it shouldn't yeah. be accepted you know so go yeah. going into that in that same vein I wanted to discuss Black Lives Matter so obviously Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer the Black Lives Matter Foundation is a global organization in the U.S., uh, the U.K., and Canada as well, so right here as well, whose mission it is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and its vigilantes. So by combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination, innovation, and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives. That was taken exactly from the Black Lives Matter org website which i'll put in the, the show notes below but as a black woman like what does this movement mean to you it it means that like you know like when people think of like black people and like when people think of black people in slavery they think all the way back to you know like you know what I'm thinking about. Yeah, Everyone the early knows. days, the history, <laughs> when I and say all black that. people in slavery, we all like our minds all go to the same place. Yes. Um, and even then, we were not valued. So this movement, like it stems all the way back to that, you know, mm-hmm. and that people are saying that we're still in modern day slavery, and these are just modern day lynchings. Yes. And that's pretty much what it is yeah and it's it's crazy because as i said like in light of the recent events that have happened i guess well we were we're recording this in june but um (laughs) this will be aired in july but there's been a lot of things have been that have come to light in terms of amplifying black voices and stuff too so we were mentioning about the history of blacks in America, which is, you know, slavery and lynching, mistreatment, inequality, police brutality, obviously. But we also have like a history here in Vancouver too. So we also used to have like a pretty small, I mean, it still is pretty small in Vancouver, but we used to have a small black community um, as well called mm-hmm. Hogan's Alley. I'm not sure if you've ever heard about that. You know what? I haven't, and you know that just shows what they do and don't teach us in school. Exactly. Like I just found out about this not too long ago, too, when I was doing my research because I was like, I need to educate myself. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, and I feel like it's my responsibility to educate myself on this matter. And like we used to have a black community right kind of by Chinatown. So like, there's a place called Hogan's Alley, which is a synonymous term that actually originated in, in Hell's Kitchen. It was a, a term that was against the Irish people in terms of, like, immigration. But that term is pretty much synonymous with the term ghetto. So it's it's right near Chinatown. It's actually, like, Hogan's Alley ran from Main Street to Jackson Avenue. It's in between, like, Union and Pryor. So kind of like 
near like the Union, the Jimi Hendrix Shrine. It's like right over there, right by the viaduct. So basically, the black community there was like displaced due to urban development, which is aka like the Georgia Viaduct. Was built because the city of Vancouver targeted communities that wouldn't fight back. Now, obviously, they'll target people of color, and they built right through it. And yeah. as you said, like I wasn't aware of this. Even you yourself weren't aware of this. And there's like a huge like miseducation aspect. Nothing like this is ever talked about. I don't see any signage around there either. You know, <clears throat> it's crazy, and, like, it's just sad, too, to hear about stuff like that when you're tearing right through a community, and right. I wanted to ask you, like, the term community, like, what does that term mean to you? Like, And you kind of touched on this earlier, but, like, do you find that the Black community is cohesive in Vancouver? And you said, kind of, no, because we all come from different places, right? So... Mm-hmm. Well, like, yeah, like in Vancouver, there's there's the Caribbean community, there's the the African community. Um, you have um, the Somali, um, that Middle Eastern uh, community, and we all tend to, you know, kind of s- stick with our friends, right? So we're like, we're all like there's the black community, but then we're all like little subgroups in a way. Right. Like I remember growing up in school, I did like, I did go to one school that had um, a decent chunk of black kids. It was here in Surrey. Mm-hmm. So um, that was probably why. <laughs> 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 um, it was uh, mainly Africans and um, kids from like Somalia and, those places and then I was like Caribbean little girl (laughs) (laughs) but we did have we had some good times for sure (laughs) those are like some of the best days of my life (laughs) I bet that that was um when I like something clicked in me and I was like you know what it's it's fucking awesome to be black like I'm so happy that I'm black wow that's awesome Did, did you have that realization at a young age, did you mention? Like, when you were in school? Yeah, I was about, like, maybe 15, 16. Oh, wow. That's pretty yeah. early on. That's awesome. That's so nice to hear. Yeah, I'm glad it happened then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really cool to have that realization. Because, like, even for me, like, as a, as a Asian woman, I was pretty ashamed of my race for, like, the longest time. And I didn't really reclaim it or what I wasn't really proud of it until probably by the time I maybe 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 like mid not even mid 20s but hmm. 23 around there until I was like what am I being ashamed of you know there's nothing to be ashamed of it's who I am it's like the color of my skin so yeah yeah, yeah. it's not going anywhere <laughs> no definitely not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like going back to this has a little tangent, but um, <laughs> going back in terms of like you know recapping, if you guys have been living under a rock, what's been happening over the past you know month or so, death of Black Americans in the hands of police, you know protests, riots over police brutality, defunding the police. There's been peaceful protests here in Vancouver. 
road barricades in Vancouver, you know, calling out racist companies. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard about, like, Vancouver Candle Company, like, uh, comments and stuff that people make. It's crazy. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's just wild that I, I just, like, look at those screenshots and I'm just, like, how can you possibly think that this is okay to talk yeah. like that or to use language like that? But, you know, there's a lot of people out there like that, so. Yeah. <laughs> people, are, yeah people are showing their true colors um, mm. during these times. Right. Yeah, and I feel like on the same line there, in terms of showing their true colors, there are a lot of, like, microaggressions coming out that I've seen Lots of uh, different comments and colorful comments that I've seen, even within my own community, which has shocked me. Mm. You know, when people say, like, all lives matter and, you know, the police aren't the enemy and stuff like that. It, it's it's really mind-blowing <laughs> Yeah. to hear that yeah. in your own community, right? Yeah, it's like, what more proof do you need? <laughs> yeah, what more proof do you need and, like, like, how are you processing all this information? Because it, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, like, it, it happened. it comes around every couple years, you know, when, when someone's life is taken and we, we all get, like, all hot and heavy and upset and we have these, these marches mm-hmm. and then it dies down for a little bit. But I'm feeling like this one is different for sure. Me too, me too. And it's really interesting how you mentioned that. Like, it just, like, comes in waves and stuff, too. And, like, for me, this one seems to have a lot of staying power. I, I really yeah. feared in the beginning that, like, this is just going to be another trendy thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. people are posting loads of, about it on social media. But, like, how long are those people going to be posting that stuff? Is there any going to be change, like, going to, you know, happen because of this? And what's going to happen like it's it's been like pretty much by the time this airs it'll be like about a month or so yeah it's it's really interesting like why why do you think that this one is a bit different i i really don't know it just it feels it feels like i think the fact that we're doing stuff here in canada for example Mm -hmm. and it's like the whole city has come out, you know, like we don't really get together for a lot of things here. No, we don't. <laughs> Faded, maybe, you know. <laughs> but um, no, that that was very powerful for me to see. And um, like not even here in Canada, just other countries too are taking part. Mm-hmm. And it's putting a lot of pressure on, you know, the states where it's mostly like the heart of it. Right, right, and that's where it kind of all stemmed from. And mm. as I said, it's like really, really cool to see that marches are happening and pro peaceful protests are happening all around the world, not just in America where we can watch from our TVs, but mm-hmm. also like right here in Vancouver too. So I think there's actually going to be another protest um, on Friday. So we're recording mid June. There should be another protest. I think on on Friday as well. So, have you been mm-hmm. have you been to any of the protests here? Because we already had two, I think. No, I haven't been to any of them yet. Um, I mean, it's 
you know, in the midst of, like, all this stuff that's going on, like... And COVID, too. (laughs) It's an interesting time to be, yeah, like, I mean, with that being said, like, I did wander into a club since they've been opened and kind of checked out the scene there. Yeah. Um, And even that doesn't seem to be much social distancing, so, you know. (laughs) No, no, I know. People are acting like uh, COVID is over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I saw a poll or a, a news story that was a poll that said Canadians aren't taking you know the precautions as seriously as they were when started. You know, because I get that. Like we're like you know it's like a dog on a leash. You know, and you're like yes. okay, we're almost at the park. We're almost at the park, <laughs> and then you're let off the leash. You're like oh my god, man. <laughs> you're like, like I'm not getting back on that leash, bunny. You're like you're gonna have to chase me. <laughs> I hear you. Like, and plus, like, with the weather, like, getting a lot nicer outside, too, and restrictions mm-hmm. being lifted. And I, t- I totally get, you know, the appeal to want to gather. <laughs> yeah, but, right. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, well, we don't want to have a phase two happening either. So. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> Last thing I want to kind of talk about, too, is how do you think that we – non-black people how do you think that we can support locally in terms of like the black lives matter movement um i think that just the fact that a lot of non-black people are speaking out is great because it's it's a known fact that like a person of color's voice just doesn't carry as much weight as a white person's Right. You know, like, yeah. I I saw a quote on a t-shirt, and it was so powerful. What did I read? It said, across cultures, darker people suffer most. Why? Always. Yeah. Always. And that, that's a good question. Why? Yeah. It's Why across the board. Happen? You know, it, it's, it's in my culture, but I'm sure it's also in your culture. Yes. It's in Indian culture. Um, you know, it's so true. Like the darker you are, the less you're viewed as like lower class, like even in the Philippines, um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm born here, but like I'm, I have been to the Philippines, but like they have like whitening soaps and stuff for you to lighten your skin. Yeah, we've got that in Jamaica, too. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, blows my mind. I'm just like, what? Why? And I'm like, we don't, you guys, you don't need all that. <laughs> no, we don't. We definitely do not. But <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. But it just shows, like, how, as you said with that statement, you know, the lighter skin you are, the more respected, you know, that you're going to be treated a lot better. So mm-hmm. it's fucked. But hopefully there will be some strides to make some changes and I will be putting some black owned businesses and also some education pieces in the links down below in the show notes for you guys to check it out on your spare time too. Cause I really think, I mean, a huge part of this podcast is education. So I want you guys to obviously educate yourselves on the matter too. But with that, um, I wanted to move over into some Q and a, so we got a few different questions here. For you, Kashai. So, um, <laughs> oh God, putting you on the spot now. There's <laughs> just a few here. So, um, what is your experiences at work regarding the N word? I think you kind of mentioned that earlier. And have people ever used it, or even in slang around you, thinking it was okay? 
Uh, oh yeah, there's even been times where like, like I mean, if you work with me, you know I dance to um, predominantly black music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're you're gonna hear that word slip out of my stages. <laughs> <laughs> like I've I've seen customers, I've heard customers like sing along and. I mean, you know, I know time and place. Like, I'm obviously not going to, like, stop when I'm half naked and give an education session. No. But, <laughs> I, you know, I see it, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Um, as a woman, you are clearly a minority in Vancouver, even more stripping in sex work. So what has your experience been like? And do you find yourself in demand more than others? I've I've had moments like I've had nights where like yeah guys have wanted the black girl or like the crowd has really been feeling you know like feeling my stages and everything and then I've had nights where I'm like oh my god everybody hates me because I'm black I'm too black like I'm like I have to tone it down like, <laughs> I'm like okay I'm like changing music white music what's the whitest music you have. <laughs> Like, I have I have those moments, um, yeah. and like working at specific bars too, like you know, like Monday to Thursday or like during the daytime, you know, you've got to tone it down, and like right. sometimes I find that hard for myself. Yeah. Um, I I don't know really if I've had the problem of not being booked at a bar yet because I'm black. So far, I've worked at pretty much all the clubs here. Yeah with the exception for a few, but I don't think it's because I'm black. No, no, no. I think sometimes it's just, like, poor scheduling or, like, I had, like, during COVID, there was a lot of bookings at some new bars that I had that just all got washed through, obviously, so. Yeah. And now we're all waiting to be rebooked, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Another topic for another day, but. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and uh, the last question here, I guess this one seems like more of an opinion piece, but considering COVID-19 is an issue where you have to socially distance, how would you feel about VIP clubs, essentially a smaller room with one or two people where one or two girls can perform for longer periods of time, thus allowing for temperatures to be taken and health to be the focus? That's really that sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a champagne room or something. Yeah, like that. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't even have clubs here that have. That. No, we don't. You'll want to go to Europe for that. <laughs> yeah, like, south of the border, my friend. I yeah. really wish that that would be. Who knows? Maybe that could be something that could be looked into now with um, where everything is going. Right. It doesn't seem like a lot of girls have an issue doing vips so no no yeah yeah that's, that sounds really interesting like I, I was when that question came in it was so nice to kind of get these like you know opiniony kind of piece kind of questions mm-hmm. too yeah to be like oh what if the world was like this but if any like strip club owners are listening <laughs> this might be a good idea we need <laughs> a champagne club. room with champagne <laughs> yes, i've had do. customers actually like oh let's get a bottle and i'm like do you want that like 
prosecco thing that like everybody has. So <laughs> what we got, my friend. That's like the only. Or like when Americans come up and I'm like, oh no, your expectations are too high. Yeah, like you may be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, <laughs> before I let you go, where can we find you? Plug everything. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and OnlyFans, and many of it, and they are all Kashai, K-A-S-H-I-G-H-H. It's, it's, I like to keep it simple. You can just find me there and everything. Yeah, simple. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for coming onto the show today to share your opinions on this and also share your voice too on this matter it is hopefully insightful for a lot of you guys listening out there and just for sharing your story on this too so yeah it was fun thank you you're so welcome and don't forget to catch another episode hopefully next week uh, <laughs> i will start <laughs> season two at some point i keep saying like oh another you know, might be back next week i've been doing like nine uh, nine episodes now <laughs> bonus episodes i feel like it's the way <laughs> everything is going like that's it's you never know what the next five minutes is gonna bring seriously that's what it feels like it has been for the past few months it's been a total shit show so yeah <laughs> but thanks again guys don't forget to like rate share subscribe review all the things strip by see on instagram or get at me on my my uh, personal instagram which is sia steph and we'll catch you guys in real soon thanks kashai thank you catch you soon Kimchi, music by Ted D.